0: Happy New Year, and this is the third year of our podcast for College Catholics. This is the place where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. And I'm Father Patrick Wainwright. St. Francis de Sales, a great doctor of the Church and a great saint, was born in France 1567 and died in 1622. He was made Bishop of Geneva at the early age of 35. Together with St. Jane Francis de Chantal, He founded the Sisters of the Visitation, a well-known religious order of four women. And his most important and well-known writings are the Introduction to the Devout Life, which I highly encourage you to read, and the Treatise on the Love of God, among many others. Now, he is known for his gentle character and for how he brought thousands of people, many of them Protestants, back to the Catholic Church through theological and apologetic arguments. However, many became Catholic thanks to the loving, gentle, and priestly example of his life. It is said that one person, in seeing how good St. Francis of Sales was, said, if Francis is so good, how good God must be. However, he wasn't always gentle of character. Actually, he had to fight a lot against his very strong character, which was like natural in him. He had to fight year after year throughout his life to contain his anger and avoid lashing out at people. Even as an adult, he continued to struggle against his anger. But most of it happened in his interior. Most people did not know anything about his interior combat. On the outside, they saw the gentle, loving Bishop of Geneva. However, after his death... Some people found many deep scratch marks under the table of his desk. Marks that the saint had made with his fingernails while trying to contain his anger because of the annoying situations or people he had to face. Now that is an example of overcoming oneself. A great example of virtue, I would say. Virtue that required a long-standing effort of saying no to his natural inclinations, and to anger. And St. Francis of Sales finally conquered with the help of the grace of God, and that's why he's a saint. Now, the key thing of the saints, or understanding the saints, is not that they never had any struggles, nor that they overcame their struggles easily. Maybe some saints were like that, like that. but most saints had to struggle consistently against their sins and their vices, and that's what brought about virtue and holiness in them. In that sense, it is key to remember some important principles about how to live a life of holiness. The saints are not people who never sinned or never had any struggles, but people who after sinning picked themselves up again with the grace of God, of course they were willing to turn to God and repent. And they kept trying their best time and time again without giving up. That requires the virtue of resilience and perseverance and a very firm determination to grow in virtue, of course. Now, another important principle is that to live a holy life, to glorify God and make a difference in the world, It's not so important to do some good things, but above all, it is important to be good, to be virtuous. What you are, or if you want, how you are, is more important than what you do. To summarize this principle, being virtuous is more important than doing visible virtuous things. Although, of course, both are connected and one leads to the other. We live in a world that tends to praise and exalt immediate results, outward actions, visible and shining manifestations of greatness, amazing numbers and so forth, productivity if you want. And while many times there is some good in those things, there's a negative aspect of valuing the exterior appearance over the interior, stable virtue. There is the tendency of appreciating the immediate results obtained by a burst of effort and measurable by numbers or amount of financial revenue, if you want, over the firmly acquired goodness, over the knowledge of the truth. Now, there's an old saying that reads, practice makes perfect. This is popular wisdom. And it means that if you want to become good at something, you have to be willing to repeat it many times and fail many times until you become better at it. In that sense, if you want to become good at playing the violin, for example, it will definitely take some time and practice. You need to acquire a habit. Surprisingly, many people today tend to think that there are methods by which you can Learn to play the violin or le- learn to play like a pro in 10 lessons. Or maybe acquire interior peace in 10 simple steps and so forth. Now, reality shows that even when you can learn a lot in a short time, you can't really be good at something from one day to another or from just watching a YouTube video or many YouTube videos. It is necessary to practice and to acquire The habit of those things you're trying to learn. While there are many habits we can learn, like playing music or playing tennis or playing basketball, and they all take time and a certain repetition of actions, there are other habits that refer to our moral life and are most important for our salvation. In that sense, habits that are good, morally speaking, habits that lead to do. Good things, and that lead to the service of God, are called virtues. While on the other hand, habits that lead to do bad things, or lead to offending God, are called vices. So what is it that makes a habit good or bad? The moral value of that habit is in the nature of that habit. It depends on whether that habit is helping me toward my final purpose in life or not. It depends on whether that habit helps me glorify God, save and sanctify my soul and save others or not. In general, a virtue is a firm disposition to do what is good. That's what a virtue is, a firm disposition, acquired disposition to do what is good. And it is acquired through the repetition of good actions. A virtue disposes you to do good things. It disposes you to do good actions that will help you serve and glorify God and serve or help your neighbor. So you acquire a virtue by doing a particular good action repeatedly. But then with time, that virtue you acquired will incline you to do that good action more easily, more generously and with a joyful spirit. And that's why it is good to acquire virtues, right? You end up doing things more easily and joyfully. In that sense, you can see that while doing good might be a bit difficult at the beginning, if you persevere and start to acquire the habit or virtue of that action, then what was hard at the beginning becomes much easier and you can do it willingly and joyfully. And the same can be said in the opposite side, the side of vice. At the beginning, committing a serious sin might be hard, and our conscience will give us a hard time and condemn our action. However, with time, if you repeat that sin many times, you acquire a vice, and then the sin becomes easier and easier to commit, but for your own mortal destruction. Right? You become morally worse. A simple example of this can be the following. Suppose that one day you are in class, and as the class finishes, you find that some ha- someone has left a $100 bill on the floor. Maybe the th- first thing you think is to take it for yourself and slip it into your pocket. But maybe at that point you realize that it would be better to ask around and try to find out who the owner is of that money, and you go through an interior back and forth, a sort of deliberation with yourself as to whether you should or should not give that money, which you found on the floor, uh, back to its owner. After much deliberation, perhaps you decide to go to the teacher or some authority and explain what happened and give the money to them for them to find the owner. Now suppose that's that same thing happens to you in another place at the dentist's office or in the, in, the, in, the, in the bus. And then some months later in another place and so forth. And you, you respond in the same way. So you learn to practice the virtues of honesty and justice. And what was hard to do at the beginning becomes easier after some time. And then after three years, you find another $100 bill in a classroom But this time, quickly and eagerly and without any hesitation, you take the money to the authorities for them to find its owner. So what was hard and requires deliberation at the beginning, thanks to the good habit you acquired, has become now easy. The same can be said of many other virtues, like being modest in your interaction with people, or being sincere in what you want to say and avoid lies. As the Catechism puts it, a virtue is the habitual and firm disposition to do the good. It allows the person not only to perform good acts, but to give the best of himself. The virtuous person tends toward the good with all his sensory and spiritual powers. He pursues the good and chooses it in concrete actions. The goal of a virtuous life is to become like God. So now as we start a new year, 2024, the third year of this podcast, by the way, I would highly encourage you to look at your life and see how or if you are living a virtuous life. Or at least, or at least if you're, whether you're trying to live a virtuous life. I know it's not always easy to live virtuously in a world that is so discombobulated and spiritually dry. So this is why I want to encourage you. If you truly want to live a joyful life with interior peace and bring peace and joy to others, it is key to try to live a virtuous life and try to serve God with all your heart. So which could be some simple resolutions that can help you grow in virtue? Here's some... Suggestions, let's say. Maybe you could limit the time you use your cell phone in public, or when you are walking, or with friends and family, trying to value the real in person relationships and conversations. Another good virtue to acquire would be the custody of the eyes, especially when browsing the internet, avoiding glances or clicking on links that could lead you to immodest or impure sites. Another very good habit is to try to examine your conscience daily before going to sleep so as to see in what ways you might have offended God during the day. And finally, it would be great to get into the habit of going to confession frequently, maybe, I don't know, once a month or twice a month. And also attending Mass, Holy Mass, not only every Sunday, which we are supposed to attend Mass every Sunday, but even some weekdays when it's not obligatory to go to mass and make it a habit and learn to appreciate more the value of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross that is made present each holy mass now there are many other virtues and of course there are opposite vices there are so many that the catholic theologians classified them and summarized them in a few virtues so we can learn and know them better so we can put them into practice so in the next episode we will look at the human virtues particularly the virtues of prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, also called the cardinal virtues. So thank you very much for staying with me to the end in this episode. Uh, That's very virtuous of you. I hope you can share this episode with your friends and maybe make it a New Year's resolution to share your faith, maybe sharing this podcast with your friends during the year. May God bless you, and we will see you next time. And may you have a very happy new year.